0: Today's episode of the Sports Talk Garage podcast is presented by Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast, providing you with a flat rate for ad space so you always know how much you're going to get paid when you include an ad from Podgo. We recently joined as a member and you can too. Apply today to become a member and immediately be connected with advertisers that fit your audience. That's podgo.co at p-o-d-g-o Now, let's get the episode started.
1: Welcome to the Sports Talk Garage podcast, where we discuss and debate the latest news and hot takes from the court and the ball fields to the locker room and the front office. We are four lifelong friends who grew up with a love of professional and collegiate sports. Today, we are bankers, investors, professors, and entrepreneurs, but our love of sports has never changed. Come listen for the fun, gain some insight, and probably a few laughs as we give you our perspective on those oversized contracts, game-winning scores, and franchise players. This is the Sports Talk Garage.
2: Hey, welcome back, Sports Talk Garage podcast listeners. This is Matt, and I am with uh, co-hosts David and Mike. Guys, how are we doing tonight?
1: And it has Not been, too bad. It's been a long Monday. It feels like two Mondays in a row. But under that, doing quite well.
2: Dave, we need to start fixing your Mondays. But then again, yeah. that's why there's songs about Mondays. <laughs> Seriously. Mike, how's the weather down in uh, Your neck of the woods.
3: Uh, Pretty much rained all day today uh, from about 11 o'clock until, I don't know, about an hour ago. Just nonstop (laughs) rain, but I mean, what are you going to do? It's August. It's Florida. (laughs) Par for the course.
2: Break out the the fan boat so you can get around town.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Thankfully, I don't have to go into work on Mondays, so... I just uh, <laughs> and work from home, you know.
2: Fair enough. Well, let's go ahead and get started. Uh, we're at season three, episode two. Uh, we've got a couple interesting points we're going to go over tonight between the NBA, some uh, new rules that are being put into high school and college football to get football moving. Uh, we'll also talk about some Big Ten and UCLA uh, as we go, but. Let's go ahead and get started on the NBA. Uh, this is generally Dave and Mike's field, but let's just talk about it a little bit. Uh, boycott started at the end of last week. Dave, why don't you break us in on uh, what's going on for our listeners that may not be up to date on that yet?
1: With the NBA, I mean it's first round of the playoffs. Guys have been there since end of June, separated from families and loved ones, and just kind of in this bubble, not allowed to really leave. Although, if you guys have for some medical emergencies. But a lot of that is building up in itself. But then, with what happened to Wisconsin last week, it really got to a lot of the players and just the buildup of a lot of social injustice going on in our country right now. And the Milwaukee Bucks just essentially decided, we're not going to play. They didn't really tell anybody, they just made this as a team decision. And they sit in the locker rooms. The Orlando Magic kind of got the hint right before tip off, you know, they're not coming out. We're going to go back. And then the other two games are supposed to happen that evening realized it would not be right for us to come play when some of our colleagues here decided to sit out. So the NBA essentially stopped for two to three days here, no games, and this even had a trickle down effect to WNBA, MLB, MLS, sports essentially stopped. And guys, we're trying to figure out, do we stay here in the bubble? Can we be more effective if we go back home? What is the pros and cons here? And how can we raise awareness for what we are passionate about most effectively? And there were some very heated arguments from what I've read. People were throwing out ideas about what's best to do. I even heard that President Obama got involved to kind of give some guidance from his perspective of things. But for a a few hours, it seemed like the NBA might just quit and go home. So it was a very Mm – and I could not imagine being somebody in that industry working and just trying to get the latest news and get it out to everybody. I also got to commit all the – People from inside NBA, ESPN, everybody's very professional. Still working through this, keeping everything above board, and talking about you know their personal feelings about the subject. And yeah, it's the first time ever that the NBA playoffs had essentially been boycotted.
3: Yeah, it <laughs> was it was crazy. I mean, I, I I got home and I turned on the Magic game, expecting to watch. Game five of the Magic and Bucks, and the Bucks weren't there. And it was it was kind of surreal. Like, you know, I, I'd heard uh, there'd been some rumors about um, it's really started Toronto, I think was the first one that had talked about maybe protesting and, and not playing their first game against Boston. And then Milwaukee, it just kind of came out of nowhere for them to just decide they didn't want to play. They came out, they warmed up a little bit and then they went back to the locker room and just never came back out. And it was, I mean, that started a, a pretty surreal 24 to 48 hours in the sports world. It kind of reminded me of back in March when, when COVID hit, when, you know, everything was normal. And then all of a sudden Rudy Gobert tested positive, And then that game got canceled. And then by the next night, everything was canceled. And that's kind of how this went with the other leagues and whatnot. And it was, it was very odd. So LeBron, you know, he's kind of the face of the... And he sort of became the face of this this protest. And he, at one point, stormed out of a meeting saying that, you know, he he wanted to see real change. He didn't want it to just be them skipping games. He wanted there to be something that, that was done out of this. And they ended up getting the uh, the owners to agree... To try to open up as many of the NBA arenas for voting as polling places in November, uh, and they're really, it seems that they they kind of settled on the the issue of getting people to vote. Um, there's going to be more commercials run during the the NBA playoffs for the rest of the the next month and a half, encouraging people to register to vote and trying to 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 build up that movement. Um, so it's you know it's good it's good to see something come out of it rather than it just be arguments if you will
1: yeah and a few owners have even pledged a certain number of million of dollars per owner to different issues and causes or charities so while the players may not specifically do anything i mean they're certainly getting their message out and action is being taken and yeah voting is definitely important so no matter i mean certainly vote for the person who most closely identifies with your values and beliefs, so it's important to get out there and vote definitely in November um yeah, so I mean there's some meaningful change coming out of that. It'll be interesting to see how much more this is talked about over the next what do we have two months until election time, and if that continues past that, yeah, 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 it was very odd two three days there where we weren't really sure what's going on, and social media and even regular digital media was just flooded with clips and articles and videos and commentators and that seems like all the sports world talked about kind of like in march mm-hmm. when covid started that's mm-hmm. well, all that people talked about so it's really mm-hmm. really on time
2: well it's certainly a place where they can use their platform to reach the world and do those things you know i'm just hoping that somewhere in here they can drop a line of items that they want to have accomplished and then start filtering okay these are things we could actually do this year these things we can do next year but you know starting with a voting place makes a lot of sense because that's the system we're in you vote Mm -hmm. you get the person that as you said uh lines up closest to the values you want that's going to affect the change that you're looking for and that's how Mm -hmm. it works Mm -hmm. so hopefully that as you said there are some positives that come out of this it's not just you know, because I don't know how pay works around these guys. Like we said, the the, the players get paid like they're not going to if they miss a game or two and it's affecting the social change you're looking for. That's their cause. That's something they're looking for. But, yeah. you know, for people that I'm curious, the people that work around the arena, the guys that Clean up the locker room or carry their stuff, or what are you know just these ancillary jobs that they kind of depend on that right now,
1: mm-hmm.
2: how are you affecting those guys that that need that type of income yeah
1: yeah, for some so, of the star players who make large amounts of money, it's not going to hurt them if they miss you know the rest of the season. Some of the younger guys I've heard can you know, they can't afford to do that financially, yeah I'm. Yeah. So, I mean, that's the thing. But yeah, other people who don't play, who are working in the arena, I mean, it definitely affects them as well. And kind of like when COVID hit, some guys stepped up to take care of different arena workers and some owners did as well. Right, right. I wonder if, if this did continue down that path where things were stopped, if people would be conscious about, hey, our decisions are affecting other people who are now out of work. Thankfully, we're not at that point. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So hopefully they can get some of those things put in place. Um, let's move on a little bit. Uh, football has definitely had some changes for states that are willing to play. Uh, I think one of the biggest ones right now is Ohio because Ohio is in mid- midstream of getting a season started. I know there are a lot of states that have pushed back. Uh, Some are talking about starting in, what, Thanksgiving. Some are saying that they are not allowed to start till. I know North Carolina's independent schools have said that they're looking at starting in end of September um, or sometime in September. And I know that Texas is also not allowed to start until September, which, you know, Texas is another really big state for football. So I guess most of this is probably going to come from Ohio just because that's what we have to look at so far um but we also had the austin p game uh and what central arkansas Mm -hmm. saturday night yeah so the number one thing that i'm noticing about games are the length
1: the timeline's long right yeah so austin p and uca that was the only game this weekend which is Crazy to think about because it's two FCS teams, but I tuned in because I wanted to see a college football game. It came on at 9 p.m. Eastern. It didn't end until like 12.30 a.m. Like, man, this is a really long game. It didn't really seem like there was a lot of penalties or timeouts. It just took a really long time, and it felt like a high school game. Granted, they're not the two biggest colleges in the world, but so few people in the stands there's not really cheerleaders making noise. It really looked like just a glorified high school game. But I mean it was nice to see something. It just felt very odd seeing that on television.
2: Absolutely. So some of the things that they've done, at least in the state of Ohio, is um any breaks that you have, whether it's between quarters, timeouts, uh, you know, eight through twelve, we're still waiting for some college games to start, but I'm assuming it's gonna be pretty similar. Uh, get a solid two minutes, no matter what. And they're not pushing you to get back on the field. Some of that is because in a water situation, you can't bring water bottles onto the field. Um, They're basically asking the players to go back to wherever they've had their water bottles, their situation along the, the field placed because they don't want the water boy to come out with, you know, the six pack, 12 pack of bottles. Everybody can just take a swig out of those. Um, they're, they're separating that out. So when you look at that, the amount of time it takes for that, you know, player to run to the other end of the field where their water bottle is, it just takes a huge amount of time. Um, you know, you're, you're trying to put some distancing. I thought one really interesting rule and I'd love y'all's thoughts Uh, the referee has to come out they get a red strip of duct tape with a little bean bag uh, maybe the size of a silver dollar wrapped in the middle Um, but it's a it's a strip of red tape maybe about call it eight to ten inches long and again that bean bag just for weight or whatever weight was in the middle I saw it a couple times last week they'll come out and the the marking judge will drop the beanbag where the ball is supposed to be placed. And the center holds onto the ball basically at all times.
1: Hmm. You know, it's one way to lessen the amount of contact you have between people. If it's not absolutely necessary to make the game happen, that's really odd. I didn't notice that. I mean, yeah, little things like that certainly add up when it's things aren't going at the speed they do. And even in the game Saturday night, I this timeouts, they weren't really hurrying this players back on the field. It was just, okay, you know, whenever you get back out here, we're going to continue playing. I didn't really mm-hmm. pay attention to it other than I was just like, man, this is taking a long time. But yeah, it was interesting seeing how many cups they were going through, like player would drink a cup, throw it away, get another cup, throw it away. I was like, man, their budget for cups has got to be through the roof right now.
2: Dixie's <laughs> loving those boys. Get those wax paper cups.
1: <laughs> yeah, so these rules, I – I mean, it's good. I mean, still a way to have football while lessening contact with people. Is this, I don't know. I don't know if it's good. I don't know if it's effective. I mean, if you're already out there on the field with them, you're out there on the field, so I don't know how much it is staying away from somebody else.
2: Well, the interesting thing is referees are wearing their masks. Uh, you know, I saw them take them off a couple times because, again, and and for us, it was ninety some odd degrees which ohio boys aren't used to there's no breeze coming through so they're sweating it out pretty hard uh we're not supposed to refill the water in any jug they're just supposed to have a gallon of water that's supposed to handle that i want you to think about that i mean mike you're you're in florida if you're on a field or anywhere else where there's a lot of heat how much water do you go through (laughs) you
3: know a a ton i mean it's it's we get water breaks all the time down here, you know, cause it's, it, you lose, I don't know how many pounds of water weight when you play a football game when it's, when it's 90 something degrees. So yeah, you, you gotta have tons of water. And I, I mean, if, if what you're saying when they're not allowed to refill stuff, I don't, I don't really know how many jugs you'd have to bring out at the beginning. It's gotta be a lot.
1: That water boy needs a pay raise. Yeah. Cause
3: I mean, <laughs> yep. you're talking, you got, at least, what, 50, 60 people on each team? Probably more than that in a lot of cases. And even if you're not playing, if you're standing out there in, the, in your football pads and it's 90-something degrees, you're sweating out some water, too. Uh-huh. So.
1: Certainly. Mm-hmm.
2: So there's a lot of that going on. You know, again, no rush to get anybody out. Uh, they're allowing players, in order not to clump, which, by the way, every player, no matter what age, naturally wants to clump next to their position coach because they want in the game. Right, right. Squeaky wheel gets the grease. Right. And they've got them spread out. So the players are allowed to be between the tens. So they're allowed to spread around the entire field, which, you know, coaches are supposed to be in that 25 yard line box. (laughs) It's a little difficult when your players are down there (laughs) and you just naturally instinctively. I'm supposed to be able to walk past them. Mm -hmm. Not vice Versa. Right. Um, Referees don't touch the ball. Uh, the defender, if it's an incomplete pass, doesn't touch the ball. The receiver has to go down, and get the ball, and give it back to the center. I, it's
1: a long game. What's it? You know, what's gonna be really funny is when you compare states, or I guess games taking place in different states, governors have different rulings, different yep. ideas of what's appropriate or what's allowed. So, a game in, so let's say, Montana, where there might not be a ton of cases, could go a lot quicker than a game in a more populated area where there's a lot more cases going on. So, you would ever should see if some if that does make a difference. What's yeah. allowed and what's not. So we might have more natural speed of gameplay in some areas than others.
2: That would be interesting. So you'd think that the NCAA commissioner and all of his glory would come down at some point and say, these are the rules as a uniformity before somebody lops his head off. <laughs> but anyway, so it, I think it's going to be an interesting change dynamic on how we're going to set up football this year. Um, you know, mass or not, at least at this point are not required as long as the guys are on the field with their helmets on. But as soon as they take them off, then they have to put them back on. And, you know, you're trying to keep those contained in a certain way. So that those don't get touched. It's going to be an interesting year and a lot longer gameplay. So for the college level, TV advertisers should love this <laughs> channels that are putting out ESPN, whoever, Yep. I mean, mm-hmm. tell me, you know, Mike, you've been in that industry a little bit longer. What's it like when you have you've gone from a two-hour spot to a three, four-hour spot?
3: I, yeah, for for advertisers, they love it, and and the network, to an extent, probably loves it. But you end up with you kind of run out of things to say, <laughs> and you run out of things to to fill the gaps with. Because you know, like let's say let's say that the timeouts get extended. Um, you know, you can, you can try to fill maybe some more commercials in there, but you don't want it to just be straight commercials all the time, every break, because viewers don't like that. So that's where you want the the commentators to try to fill some of that time, but there's only so much you can say, Mm -hmm. you know, (laughs) after a while it's, yeah, we're still here (laughs) waiting on the, waiting on the last guy to get his water and, and we'll, you know, so it's going gonna, it's gonna to be interesting. And, I mean, things have been, quote, unquote, normal for however long. ESPN and, and CBS and NBC, everybody's got their system. Everybody's got their routine down. And when you throw, that, throw a wrench into that and, and you've got to completely rethink how these breaks work, how, how halftime works, how all this stuff works, it's going to be a challenge to say the
1: least yeah obviously all these commentators and analysts are professionals they do this for a living but this will really somewhat separate the guys who are able to or guys and girls who are able to kind of innovate and think on their feet and find that little tidbit of information all of a sudden like hey let's throw this in versus the people are saying well we're we have three minutes here now we have four what are we going to do for this extra minute repeat mm-hmm. some stats or what happened in the previous game
2: Anybody want to take a wild guess, uh, or I should say, take bets on how long the Super Bowl is going to be this year?
1: <laughs>
2: Six hours, eight?
1: <laughs> no halftime show? Marathon? <laughs> Virtual <laughs> halftime show?
3: <laughs> hey, I, I will. I will put it out there that if we can have a Super Bowl this year, I don't care how long it is, I will be happy. <laughs> Agreed. Hundred percent agree.
2: Absolutely. <laughs> Well, with that, let's go ahead and drop the yellow flag, take a quick sponsor break. Uh, We appreciate them giving us some airtime, so we'll give some to them. And we'll be right back. And welcome back to the Sports Talk Garage podcast. Uh, If you're just joining us or if you've been through the first little bit, we talked a little bit about the NBA boycott uh, last week, what that means, uh, you know, the impact of that. Uh, We talked about some new rules that are going on. Uh, in different states for football whether it's high school or college and what we're kind of assessing is going to happen um sticking to that just a little bit big 10 big 10 seems to be in the eye of uh everybody right now it almost takes pressure off the ncaa but uh you know i think if you look at home big 10 has a lot around the midwest ohio's allowing football and if they and I think a lot of what the argument is up here, college guys are looking around saying, if high school's allowed to play, why aren't we allowed to play? And now we're looking at lawsuits. Mike, yeah. tell us a little bit about that.
3: Yeah, so uh looks like the University of Nebraska, some of their student athletes filed a lawsuit um, after the Big Ten announced their decision to postpone the football season um and and basically it boiled down to to three things that the 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 lack of football games meant that the Big 10 was interfering with the players opportunity to market themselves ahead of the NFL draft which makes sense i mean college football season is how they get their draft stock up and and get drafted um a breach of contract in regards to the conference's primary responsibility to make decisions in the best interest of the student athletes which i think comes back to your comment about if high school can play why can't college play you're you're, if if the high school organizations are responsible for the best interest of them then if you are in the best interest of us it would make sense to align with them um and then the third point being uh, there was evidence showing the lack of a vote by conference members, which would make the decision invalid and unenforceable, which i mean i don 't know all the details behind that, but i I from what I heard, it sounds just crazy <laughs> that there was the decision was made because of a vote, but that vote didn 't actually happen, and people are are just kind of spouting off mm-hmm. what they think happened or would have happened, and that I, for a conference that's one of the top NCAA football conferences, it doesn't seem like they're really
1: all that organized right now. Right? No. It went from being the first conference, first Power Five conference, at least, to call off the season. Most likely thinking the other four would follow suit, and only one did. Now they're thinking, do we jump the gun here? Not everybody is doing the same thing, making the same decisions we are. So then it moved to the Uh, petition stage that was not successful so now we have moved a little bit farther on to the lawsuit stage and these parents and i would assume it's also parents and students together in this lawsuit now they have some valid points i don't know all the legal matters behind it but certainly that game tape is what's going to help an nfl scout see hey this player's improved in this position or in this area compared to last year We might draft him in the second round instead of the fourth round. And, you know, that's a mm -hmm. much bigger paycheck coming in. Yep. Right.
2: And you've so here's my my question. If you've got the ACC and the SEC that are willing to move forward. But this conference isn't. Why are you not releasing that team if they're willing to sign off on stuff legally. To go play in those conferences. What's the big deal?
0: That's it comes, a valid comes back to question, the almighty dollar, right?
3: It probably yeah.
1: comes back to that. It, yeah, yeah. I
3: mean,
1: Notre, like, I, yeah. Go ahead. Dave. Notre Dame is not a football member of the ACC. They are in other sports, but they kind of joined the conference this year as a one a one year deal to have it a season. Mm-hmm. So if they can do it as a a partial member of the conference, I feel like anything this year kind of goes. Nothing would surprise me. So. Why not release a, you know, a college to go play somewhere else? It's like, you know, all the waivers are signed, saying you're not responsible for anything that happens on that campus or to the team. It probably does come back to money and power, most likely, and wanting to control what happens. Yeah,
2: i uh, I found a little bit. Uh, I know that Penn State, I know that Michigan, I'm sorry, University of Michigan and Ohio State are all putting together a petition uh, with the big 10 to try to get some kind of season on board. Uh, you know, again, I'm from Ohio. That seems to be what always pops up on my wall when I try to do searches. Um, but I did find a website. The guy actually wrote his column today on 11 warriors, and he's kind of going over what some of the players are saying or what the parents are saying. Um, and you know, they're kind of talking about being unclear, but Amanda Babb is a stepmom of receiver Cameron Babb and president of football, Parents of Ohio State. And she basically said, you know, we've been reaching out and we're not getting anything back. So we have to be – basically, I'm hoping that keeping some of the pressure on the Big Ten is that it encourages them to come up with a solution because we're not going to stop. We're going to keep fighting until we get answers. So what it sounds like to me is the Big Ten made a decision um, and, and they're going to hold to their guns, but they're not answering other than protection of the athlete. I get it. That's your umbrella statement. But where, you know, where's a commissioner? Do you start coming down and talking to parents? There's a reason why those teams are inside of your conference. You don't get to make a blanket statement even as a commissioner and not sit down with the ability to run a Zoom call that can run the entire U.S. wide if you want to and not have a talk with parents. Am I wrong?
1: Yeah, I don't know if that's the responsibility of the commissioner or supposedly the presidents or athletic directors of each individual college who supposedly voted or should have some more information. I don't know who... Would take the lead on that i would hope the conference would at least be able to put a statement out and be willing to have some conversations with parents who don't understand and maybe provide some clarity on that decision right or wrong at least tell them how they arrived to the decision they did i don't know if it will get reversed i think there's some momentum for it i've even seen a proposal for them to start playing at thanksgiving which sounds like an odd time until i realized they could get some more games in and those NFL caliber athletes will most likely play. I've seen a lot of if it's moved to the spring, they're not playing. They're dropped down in college. They're going to go to some training facility and just train for the draft. So this obviously helps mm-hmm. the team out as a whole, if they can get it. It's kind of weird that all these other conferences like the Mountain West, the Mac, the Pac-12, and so on are playing in the spring. So it's obviously just going to be a conference schedule that you play against each other. Granted, it's a good conference, so you're going to have good competition. Just, I don't know. This seems like a way to get something else in, as a last-minute ditch effort. Could
2: be, Mike. Anything else to add there?
1: Not really. I,
3: I mean, it's. I think this is just another example of how weird this whole year is, and how weird <laughs> this this college sports year is going to be. Because you're, I mean, if they play, let's say they start at Thanksgiving, then you're going to have. Three-fifths of the, the Power Five start in September, and then one of them start at Thanksgiving, and then one of them start in January. I mean, how – we're going to look back on this year and think this was just the <laughs> strangest time. Because who's going to who, who play in the playoff? How are we yeah. – are we still going to have the playoff in January when the Pac-12 is playing the regular season? <laughs> or – because we can't just – What do you do? There's so many questions, and these are questions that none of us would have ever thought we'd be asking. So,
2: Do you go back to the original like bowl schedule, where it was kind of like bowls were bowls were bowls, but (laughs) there was never truly a national champion? But it was like the two best teams kind of played this bowl?
3: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, We might see that again.
2: Um, I think it'd be interesting if they get it starting Thanksgiving. Are you – I mean, John and I argued more about this, David, what, two weeks ago, Mm -hmm. three weeks ago, when I kind of, he and I got after it about how would you bubble up the
1: NCAA? Yeah. I don't really know if it's feasible. I did see that NCAA did um, trademark battle of the bubble.
3: Battle of the bubble. bubble. So it
1: must, Hmm. at least must be on their mind if they're good trademarking that now. Probably got to get a t-shirt out there somehow that someone's going to buy, but at least it makes yep. me think they're thinking about it. I don't know if that's a playoff option for basketball. I don't where there's fewer people and more feasible than entire football team. Yeah. But, that's that was my first thought, but yeah.
2: I love their trademarks. Can can we get a sound bite? Just cha ching, cha ching, cha ching <laughs> going on somewhere in
1: here. <laughs> uh uh I'll throw that in there.
2: There you go. Uh, okay, let's move on a little bit. Uh, UCLA and Under Armour are now starting to get to a bit of a clash. David, tell us a little bit about that.
1: UCLA and Under Armour signed a 15-year, $280 million deal. The largest deal ever in college athletics. That's a crazy amount of money, no matter what time frame it's over. Uh, Under Armour really wants out. They said, you know, we do not want to continue the deal. UCLA says, we need money, and UCLA is us over $200 million for breaching contract here for missing a payment. Um, in addition to that, UCLA is also trying to get a deal with Cal, so I hope there's something going on specifically with California teams. This game's kind of funny, since they're partnered with 14 other big schools and probably a few other smaller schools as well. And it's you know becoming litigation here. UCLA spent – oh, goodness – 100, no, I'm sorry, they generated $105 million in 2018, spent 127, so they had a deficit of almost $19 million. So obviously they're hurting for money. This provides a lot of money. But Under Armour, at the same time, their stock has fallen. Obviously with the COVID going on, a lot of their facilities have been closed in the United States and even around the world, production's down, sales are down. So they're also hurting for money and don't want to pay out to these teams. So it's kind of like this catch-22 Do you honor this contract you were in? We don't have the money. We don't want to move forward with this partnership. I think it's going to be a very messy situation.
2: Well,
3: you're
1: definitely going to get it into the
2: court to find out.
3: Yeah, it definitely, definitely sounds messy. Some of these quotes in here about UCLA claiming that Under Armour has been engaging in Accounting and disclosure practices designed to manipulate the appearance of its financial health since at least 2015. I mean, that's that is some disparaging comments if I've ever heard one. Yeah. Um, It'll be interesting to see if this goes far enough um, to actually have some of those documents be made public. Um, I would, I mean, my personal guess is that this is the sort of thing that the lawsuit gets filed and then. There'll be maybe a couple court appearances, and then they'll settle for some unknown, but probably exorbitant amount of money. But, yeah.
1: uh, With comments like that, it's definitely, sounds like they're burning some bridges here. They just want to get their money. It does. They know they're going to have to partner with Nike, Adidas, Puma, some other apparel company here. But when you start talking yeah. about things like that in lawsuits, like, okay, our partnership is coming to an end at some point, and we're not on friendly terms. But we still want money right now. Mm-hmm. And Under our I mean, I think it's pretty well known that they're they're giant, along with Nike, probably one the two biggest in the country. So it's crazy to think that they're hurting for money. And if they that's true, that they've allegedly been you know, altering some other books to make financials look a little better for stockholders or whatever reason. It's just a crazy thing that such a large company is having financial troubles yeah. of that sort.
2: Well, this is certainly a time where Nike's probably smiling, you know, ear to <laughs> ear. Um, they've This is going to be their opportunity to kind of take over because there was a talk for a while. I remember years ago if Nike was allowing some of their shoe designation for like football cleats to be on the Under Armour lineup, and if they were like a sub-brand, Under Armour was some kind of sub-brand of Nike, just kind of based on some of the apparel. Um, Again, this is probably back in the 2008 to 2012 range because they were just getting into some of these different shoe types versus just, you know, Under Armour, skin-tight apparel. Um, You know, at the same time, Nike's been... With several of their athletes that have, have made one heck of a stand uh, about social injustice, and um, Kaepernick was was the big one, right? They kept mm-hmm. him on board the yeah. entire time from the time that he was playing San Francisco till now. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, with all their athletes that they've got that have come up on board of social justice, they're just all over the limelight. So there's nothing bad with Nike right here. Adidas isn't even that big of a brand in the U.S. So as you said, if Nike and Under Armour are the two biggest players here, and they find out that through this, they uncover some books and holdings, and that kills the stock. Worse than COVID, this could be one major upset in apparel industry.
1: And UCLA is a very storied university. Fans all over the nation, in fact, all over the world. And I think any apparel company would love to be partnered with them. And, you know, that's wonderful branding when you have people in stadiums, whenever we're back to that point. But obviously eyes on TV seeing, hey, look at that player. I want that. I want to go buy that T-shirt. I want that hat. So I would not be surprised to see Adidas, San and Nike, trying to make a bid whenever this ends to see if they can be the next UCLA partner.
2: No doubt. All right. Uh, so I think that kind of covered everything we wanted to get into tonight. Pretty interesting thoughts about a few different things, especially with sports still not really happening all that much compared to what we usually have this time of year. Um, but with that, let's go ahead and drop the checkered flag. Final thoughts. David, Mike, what you got for us?
1: Well, I am – goodness, happy <laughs> – <coughs> Happy that school year started university wise. Things should hopefully calm down a little bit. Gonna watch some PGA this upcoming weekend. That's always a nice relaxing time. In fact, if the weather's nice, I might even go out to the driving range. So I haven't done that in a couple weeks. Need to get back out there and hit a few balls and at least try to get a few of them to go straight down instead of hooking or <laughs> slicing off to the left, which tends to be the norm here. So yeah.
2: Cool. Mike, what do you got going on this week?
3: Well, as the resident uh, hockey person in this group, I am uh, enjoying myself some NHL playoffs. The Lightning and Bruins are currently in overtime in game five with the Lightning, looking to move on to the Eastern Conference Finals. And it's uh, it's looking to be a good, uh, it's gone well with the NHL, they've, they've, bubbled these teams off Mm -hmm. no no positive tests in all the thousands and thousands of of covid tests and the the playoffs have been entertaining uh it's kind of other than the fact that there's no people there it's felt pretty normal um so gonna enjoy hopefully some more lightning hockey games and and also uh the nba playoffs miami beat milwaukee today so see if see if they can keep that up i think that'll be a a good series to watch and yeah, just enjoying playoff hockey and basketball. Nice.
2: Well, my wife has taken over the uh the big TV upstairs because she's a tennis fan from her time uh growing up playing tennis in high school and college. So I don't understand that sport, but uh <laughs> we'll just say that I, I can probably find some other things to watch and study. So I let her have her time because she'll give me the argument she gets at, you know, time like twice a year. She'll watch this in the Australian Open. So I tend to have to, you know, record both of those so she can come back and watch. But uh yeah, they've had some interesting things going on as well. Um mm-hmm. but anyway, yeah, so uh exciting stuff. Football's moving along uh in the state of Ohio. High school had their first game the other night and those were all kind of nuts. Um I think it got like around nine o'clock there's a weather delay in Toledo, but I think around nine o'clock I had a, a message come through that said there were 11 minutes left in the third quarter. <laughs> so they ran pretty late. Awesome, wow. Yeah. Can you imagine <laughs> having to wake up Saturday morning? If you get home at midnight and having to come in for film and ice at, you know, 7 a.m., 8 a.m. Walkthroughs. Oof.
0: Yeah. Anyway, no, not anymore.
2: But, uh, no, thank God we don't do that. Um, but as, all that to be said, uh we'd like to thank everybody for taking a chance to listen with us. Uh, we hope that you'll uh, take a look at the other podcasts that are part of the Sports Talk Garage um, Meow Mix talking about the Panthers, Queen's Cup talking about what's going on in soccer around Charlotte, or just in general. Uh, leave us a note or another way. If you have any comments, questions, we'd love to hear from you. And uh, other than that, we'll sign it off here. Y'all have a great evening.
0: Thank you for listening to today's podcast. If you'd like to have your sports related question or comment featured on the show, please email us at sports at gmail.com. Also, if you want to keep up to date with us outside of the show, Please follow us on Twitter at Sports Garage Pod. If you enjoy the show, please drop us a five-star review and subscribe if you want to hear more. So for Chris back in the studio, David and Matt, I'm John, and we are the Sports Talk Garage.